You are listening to a special edition episode of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We usually talk about games that we've recently played, games that we picked up. But this week, we're talking about a game that you can pick up. Uh, that's right. So this week we are joined by the guys at Strange Aeon Games to talk about their upcoming game, uh, Cthulhu Age of Madness. Uh, Mike, Craig, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, guys. So can you guys tell us a little bit about Cthulhu Age of Madness and like what it's about, how it works uh, and why people should play this? Oh, absolutely. Um, the Cthulhu Age of Madness is a strategic card game of cultists and eldritch horror. Uh, it's two to four players, on average about 15 to 30 minutes uh, gameplay time. So it's not long, it's very aggressive, very strategic, but yet very simple to play. I pretty much just read the cards and it really kind of explains itself to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, basically you subsume the role of one of four elder gods. You have Cthulhu, Nier Lethotev, Yagsathoth, as well as Azathoth. And the goal of the game is to unlock the four seals. First person to unlock all four seals for their elder god wins the game. Uh, pretty much the way to do that is by completing a ritual circle or the seals in essence. Uh, there's really two ways to do that by collecting four cultists that are basically associated to your elder god. Uh, once you have four, you can complete a ritual circle and it unlocks the seal or the elder sign, which is like, in essence, a wild card, which instantaneously unlocks a seal. But there's the strategy therein lies is basically the the tug of war method of combat in the game you can still steal kill convert the cultists in general you can also steal the elder signs i uh, it's kind of like mario party just the sheer chicanery of back and forth uh gets pretty <laughs> aggressive yeah so i remember when we were playing a game on expo i don't know if you guys let me win or if i won on my own accord but um you know just <laughs> i i could see some of the um, the Mario Party esque, you know, piece coming out where I was able to. I think we we're playing Jesse as well, and I was able to uh, destroy one of his cultists, I think, with a card, and I was able to steal one of his already completed seals that he had done for Ritual Circle. So all of his hard-earned work went straight to me, um, oh, yeah. which is fantastic. So yeah, I had, a, I had a good time playing that, and um, you know, I could definitely see a lot of what you're talking about uh, within the game we were playing. Oh yeah, and even. Even like even us, the the creators of the game, in essence, is like we lose all the time is just because the sheer RNG of the shuffle of the deck, you don't know. And that's kind of like the beautiful part about it is unlike Magic the Gathering, where you have like a billion and one cards and you have to curate a deck and you're basically creating your own win status and you're just fishing through your own deck hoping to get the combination this one is just a shared community pool deck and the rng worst case scenario you just blame the person who shuffled <laughs> <laughs> the the gameplay could change in a, in a heartbeat because we have some uh pretty powerful cards in there that literally can change the game one of them uh everybody has to change hands 
Yeah, which is the promo card. Entirely changes your game. Oh, the promo card, yeah. Well, and that's actually a card that I had used just to screw around if you guys uh, <laughs> we were playing. So I played all that I needed to play and then swapped hands really quick with, I think, Jesse. It goes left to right, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. pass yeah. to the right. Yeah, so it was fun. I think you guys got some other ones. There's a barrier card that prevents anything from happening to you one round, which is great if you have two of them. And then the other card lets you fish from the graveyard to get to other things. So um, there's some nice combos and such to go on in the game, too. Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, each player uh, stated in the rules, pretty much uh, each player gets two actions per turn, which allows you to build that combination. Uh, and depending on what you pull out of the, the, the deck, really, is it, the strategy boils down to you. But it also uh, pairs with each of the Elder Gods because the Cosmic Primal Power activates whenever you unlock a seal. And mm -hmm. each one is very unique to each of the Elder Gods. So Cthulhu, you get to convert uh, a or stack of cultists uh, once you unlock a seal. Near Lethotep pulls two cultists from the graveyard and puts them into play. Uh, Yogg-Sothoth gets a free action, so instead of two, you get three. And Azathoth works a lot like a power meter, where every seal you unlock, you get to hold one extra card in your hand. And you can kind of dive a little bit deeper down to where the strategy is based on which one you're playing and now it boils down to skill tied with rng which is very intriguing on its own <laughs> so the game itself where did you get inspiration for creating this oh baby um the inspiration uh for the game we craig and i had worked on other games prior and one thing that is actually a communal passion between Craig and I is Cthulhu. We love the Lovecraftian horrors. We're huge into sci-fi and all that stuff, but we actually came together over a friendship of the Lovecraftian lore of the Cthulhu mythos. Um, Craig had never really found anybody who knew anything about the Cthulhu mythos until I, he actually... I, I first discovered Lovecraft about 1981. And I have never really had a good friend that appreciated Lovecraft the way I did. And so that was a huge bonding moment when I met up with Mike. Do you guys play via Cthulhu, or I guess not really Cthulhu, but the Lovecraftian board games that are out there? I forget the names offhand. Oh, yeah. Like Arkham Horror. Yeah, uh, those. Yeah, Mansions of Madness, Cthulhu Wars. Oh yeah, I've got all of those. And 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 the RPGs. There's a oh, yeah. Mike has a massive Call of Cthulhu collection, and uh, you know, uh, Fate of Cthulhu, all, all the various Cthulhu games. Oh yeah, even Delta Green, all that good stuff. But we Cthulhu Age of Madness came about. We were starting to work on a board game. Uh, like miniatures, cards, boards, all that fun stuff. And it was technically our first game. And we both looked at each other as we got like to a certain point and we're like, this is just too much. And we're like, let's dial it back down and keep it kind of simplistic in the beginning. And that's kind of where we took it is a card game that's small, compact, easy, cheap, and available for players at a very aggressive rate to the point where it's much easier to get it in the hands of just a common player, right? Not so much the advanced player is because 
you know, it's, we wanted it to be quick and easy because it's hard to get together with six people and where the times align and it just, it's just easier with a smaller game. You can just turn it around very quickly. And, and there were a, a few key design points we wanted to hit also. Uh, we definitely wanted a two-player game because we spend a lot of times with our significant others at home, and they like to play games. So I, I wanted to design a game I could play with my wife. You know, yeah. she, She's not a big fan of the theme, but she loves the gameplay. Yeah. Um, another thing was we, we wanted to turn... We wanted to kind of turn the Lovecraftian theme upside down. In most Cthulhu games, you are tr- you are playing some kind of investigator attempting to stop the Elder Gods to from taking over the world. We flip that upside down, and you are cultists of the Elder Gods, trying you know trying to open the gates and and usher in the Age of Madness. And because of that, we also were able to avoid a mechanic that's in every Cthulhu game, insanity. We have no insanity mechanic because, in theory, you're you're the cultists. Cultists are already insane. (laughs) So we don't need an insanity mechanic. We've got to be insane to play. Right. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) I like that role reversal. That's, That's a really good way to, you know, take a different approach on such like a a classic subject matter i do dig that one last question before ryan dives into his here have you guys played cthulhu saves christmas (laughs) yes i have not all right i just had to make sure of course when are we going to be able to see this uh get out into people's hands when are you guys planning for the the full release the slotted release is best case scenario. Uh, as soon as Kickstarter and everybody takes their share from the Kickstarter, everything's pretty much done. Uh, as soon as we get the money, we're making phone calls and just sending everything to print. Um, there's no real adjustments, yeah, per se. Well, um, the- and we're looking at getting the game in everybody's hand, best case scenario, before Christmas. That is the the infinite Ooh. hope. Because um, so Lulu will save Christmas. Yes. Yeah. It, it's funny <laughs> that he mentioned that is because it's kind of in the same theme line. Uh, <laughs> but, of course, during the holidays, things get weird. Timing. People want time off. Like yeah. uh, Shipping gets crazy. Um, worst case scenario uh, end of January, to be perfectly honest, is because postage always has catch up to do yeah. during the holidays. We're, we're really hoping for December, but but it's really out of our hands. Uh, the standard is Kickstarter pays out about two weeks after, and that's when we place our orders. Two weeks after the Kickstarter closes, our, our Kickstarter closes January 4th. I'm sorry, not January, September 4th. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Um, and so by the middle of September, we should start manufacturing. Terrific. Cool. And uh, you guys, last I checked, were like 300 something percent, right? Uh, this morning we were 350 plus percent over $1,000. Got to get out of 400 now. (laughs) Oh yeah. And we, we're really hoping for like a solid finishes because if you look down the stretch goals, um, there's actually one more past what I have faded out that that 
Eldritch Power card. That one's already done, but there's one that we really want to look forward to announce, and it actually in- introduces a new mechanic uh, that we're really excited for. I don't want to play too much, and it it uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to talk about it, but I can't. Um, we haven't even teased it on the Kickstarter yet. Yeah, it's. Um, but but I have a feeling if we're we're hoping we're really hoping that we're going to get over over twenty, and if we continue at the rate that we're at, we, we're well on our way there. And I'm thinking at maybe twenty five, we'll release this stretch goal. Mike and I haven't really discussed that yet, though. Yeah, awesome. We'll look forward to it. See, now, me personally, I'm running into the great debate here, right? Mm-hmm. So you guys have this Kickstarter funded 350% right now. And my debate is, do I back the Kickstarter or and pay whatever the shipping costs and all it is and essentially pay Kickstarter? Or do I wait till you guys release it locally and support a local business as well as you guys? And that is a fair, fair question. Um, and it's either way, it works either way. Now, at the same time, too is all the stuff that we're actually giving away for free. The cost Mm -hmm. is cheaper on Kickstarter, so it kind of offsets it depending on tax and buying it retail, which is perfectly fine if you want to support local. And by all means, please do if you are so inclined. But from the Kickstarter, you have the capability of accessing things that will not be available retail. So there was also... Oh, go ahead, Craig. Uh, the the retail on the the core game will be thirty five dollars. The Kickstarter price is thirty dollars, so you're mm-hmm. saving five dollars on the core game. We have a number of stretch goals. Uh, any actual gameplay stretch goals, like the the bonus cards and whatnot, will be included in any retail version that was bought on the Kickstarter. Won't be included in later retail versions. So your first first edition release, basically. basically. You want the whole set, John. You got to do the and, Kickstarter. And and there are some stretch goals that are only available to the Kickstarter. The mm-hmm. coin, for instance, is one per pledge. So even if a retailer pledged for say three cases, they'll get the equivalent cards for each of those boxes as well. But they won't get, for instance, the coin. They will get one coin because of one pledge. So if you want to get all of the items, back the Kickstarter. Yeah. And plus also at the same time, too, is we have one stretch goal, which is the 666 pledge, where we immortalize that backer into the game. Now, that card is they are basically immortalizing themselves as a card, which will, instead of an Eldritch Power card, it will be deemed an Investigator card. And those cards are given to every single backer. Now, at the same time, too, that there was only three pledges. So each person is getting three extra technical investigator slash Eldritch Power cards that will not be released past this, except for a later date when I know there's another question later, so I'll reveal that later. Um, But... At the same time, too, is like the incentives for backing on Kickstarter is very great due to just sheer cost and availability. I'm not saying it's not going to be available later, 
but it's going to be in very limited quantities if you do. So now you're actually tightening the rope on the tight walk and it's going to get very narrow, very quick. Sounds good. So back that Kickstarter. Uh, And sorry, question on the card, the person that backs the six, six, six one and is immortalized. Now, are they immortalized in your artwork? Yes. Yes. I'm doing all the artwork for that. Uh, They're going to send me uh, a clean picture uh, that I can use as reference uh, to paint them as an investigator uh, card. Um, And the rules are pretty much set. Uh, but it is because I don't want to break the game on on that. But yeah, they they will be immortalized as an individual investigator for the game. Nice, cool, good stuff. We, so we have a set like, of oh, cards. Brian Craig was saying something. We we have we have a set of card effects that we've already developed, and what we figure we'll do is in discussions we will present the various effects and they can choose which one they want on their card. So they actually have input beyond just their picture. Correct. Now oh, cool. we can't, we can't allow them to come up with the game rules because it could break the game. Yeah. So we have a set uh, of various effects that they can choose from. You guys, I may uh, back it and have a picture of me like picking my nose or something as a clean photo <laughs> and see what you call it. <laughs> He's an investigator, but he's snot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gold mine investigator. <laughs> Ryan, you had another question, I think. Yeah, yeah. So this is like a really successful Kickstarter for you guys. How long have you guys been working on this to get to this point? And like, how big is the team beyond the two of you? So... We, Craig and I have been technically working on this game for the better part of three years. Um, we've gone back and forth, made changes, because originally we were just thinking, all right, this is going to be a good one and done party game, two to four players, very aggressive, so on and so forth. Um, but we ended up putting it on the back burner for a little bit uh, and came back to it. A little bit later and we're like wow we have a lot more potential than what we were actually giving it credit for and we started refining and doing a ton of other stuff which actually i'm just going to go ahead and name like call it out now is during that time not only did we refine the game we greatly expanded on it and on that keyframe word is expansion we actually developed an entire expansion for the game balanced it it's written ready to go at like 98 percent. i just need to do the artwork which is something we're looking forward to next year so everybody's going to be able to play the game get used to the game the mechanics of the game and then the expansion is going to swoop in and basically amplify the strategy by 10 tenfold awesome. uh, because a lot of the strategy that's in the game now is just a basics. Uh, the, the normal aggressive strategy card play. Now, a lot of the mechanics that we wanted, but didn't want to oversaturate the game is we developed a, expansion to put in all the stuff that we really wanted 
just the sheer craziness that literally will put you on your butt in strategy, but yet maintain the fast pace and the just the aggression overall. The the expansion is almost as many cards as the core game itself. Yeah. It I think almost, it's two it almost cards less the game. Wow, so, I think that's cool that you guys were able to like basically, you know, work all that through and then you're you're already set up for your own future. Like you're here to support this game. It's not just going to be something you launch and then you're moving on. So that's oh, no, it's not, a, it's not a one and done. This is, you know, we we're working on ideas for potential further expansions. Uh, we can't say for sure it's going to happen because the expansion that that we're working on actually started out as two separate expansions. And then we realized we combining them and making them as one would be better. Okay, so yeah. we have at least this one coming. If we can come up with more mechanics, there may be more because it does have expandability. We just got to figure out exactly how. So a question for you in regard to expansion, you can, you know, say, don't want to answer at this point if you prefer, but are there plans to add like additional elder gods down the road? So you have beyond just the four elder gods you can kind of pick and choose from. Yes. I am so glad you asked. Yes. I'll actually name drop them uh, (laughs) just to kind of build the excitement a little bit is because a lot of people, they know the current four elder gods, but they're like, well, what about the other ones? And I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to tell you. So the four new Elder Gods that will be in the expansion, because as Craig mentioned, is literally about the same size as the current game. Uh, you have Shub Nagaroth, you'll have Dagon, you'll have Sathagwa, and the one a lot of people were asking for, Haster. The King in Haster, Yellow. the King in Yellow will make his appearance. Very, very nice. And with that expansion, uh, is... Am I correct to assume that it'll still be limited to maybe four to six players and then the ability to combine cards into one giant deck? Or is it meant to be played as a standalone expansion? So the expansion, basically take it out of the box, put it in. We we designed it to where the cards straight from the expansion get shuffled into the core game. You do not curate the deck. You do not have to worry about any of that. Um now, the amount of players is something we're still discussing is because one thing that we don't like to look into is deck depletion. It gets very, very aggressive with deck depletion every time you add a new player. Um, but one thing we have noticed is even at four players, worst case scenario, you only have to shuffle the graveyard once if it were to arise, if there's too much deck depletion. So it was a general concern for us over all deck depletion by adding more players. But now that we're adding an entire expansion, it's it's something we still have to kind of figure out. And we'll, we'll announce it later, obviously, just because it's still in kind of like works. It, it's still being somewhat play tested. Like, like Mike said, mo- most of the play test is done. But that's on a two, three, four player game. Mm-hmm. We have, I don't think it could, even though there's eight Elder Gods, I don't think it could be an eight player game. Chaos. I don't think oh, that yeah. could happen. <laughs> the I deck if we if we tweak it, we could maybe come up with five and six player rules out of it, but we haven't really dug into that yet. Would um, you be that, able to like combine two base decks? 
to like counteract the depletion? Uh, yes and no. Uh, then you would have to go into and actually start curating decks. Uh, okay. The main reason why is because if you're putting two base decks together, it's going to throw the mechanics off because now you have eight Elder Signs. The chances of somebody literally going out hand one is mm. greatly, greatly increased. Yeah. Um, it's got a very delicate balance to the game, uh, which took years to get it to that point. And that's one reason why we designed anything and everything uh, promo cards as well. You can literally shovel it all into one deck and you're not going to have any issues. Um, but yeah, combining decks, it gets very, very scary with oversaturation on certain cards. And you're probably more than likely going to end up discarding a ton of cards at random mm -hmm. because you're not getting the proper balance. Gotcha. Well, and I even like, you know, the idea here, um, you know, just me thinking about it myself is if I have this expansion in hand, you know, if there's four other elder gods, I can always as a player, you know, figure, okay, I need to take X cards and curate the deck on my own and expand as needed. Obviously, if you have rules in place, it's helpful. But, you know, I think there's even opportunity here for players to kind of dictate how they want to play your game as well. Oh, absolutely. There's, yeah. there's all kinds of custom customization yeah. available. Um, because our, our cards are, there's, what is there, five, five or six distinct groups of cards. Mm -hmm. um, the expansion has more. So, yeah, yeah it's you could like crazy. pull out groups of cards and, and yes, you probably could, which is exactly kind of what I was saying before. We haven't really worked on it yet. We could yeah. probably tweak it to get to different points. But one of the things we, wanted to do was make an expansion that literally just gets shuffled in we we don't like games like i've played uh castle panic that has some expansions and when you play one of the expansions you have to go into the core game and pull some pieces out that don't uh. get you because of the expansion we certainly wanted to avoid stuff like that yeah yeah well yeah. It sounds like even if you have cultists like say yellow cultists right that if I'm if I prefer like, hey, I don't want to play with Cthulhu in my four player game, I could technically curate all of my Cthulhu cultists out to put in my it's Haster, right? Haster yep, cultists. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like there might be some flexibility there, but I guess it's really dependent on the mechanics you have that may be associated specifically to that that elder god. Right. Which actually yeah. led to a rule change for the cultists in general. The current rule on them is you can literally kill a cultist to convert another cultist to your elder god. Yeah. And this actually came to light when we were writing the expansion is because we were like, well, the, the current rule set doesn't quite work. And it actually slowed down gameplay because we were running into card basically malnutrition we we could not find the cards we were needing and like it just caused a huge hiccup where the cultists literally didn't serve a point outside of a counter and mm -hmm. you're just loading the play field for no reason hoping to god that you would actually get what you needed so the expansion actually helped refine uh, during the whole process. So it would have been a seamless transaction. There won't be like a 2.0 or version 1.5 or whatever to where you have to be buying another version of the game yeah. in order for the next one to work is because we personally feel that it is very aggressive of a manufacturer to charge you for the cost of a game and then release something and say like, oh, you want the expansion? Now you got to buy the second edition mm -hmm. and you bought it, 
we want you to play it without any repercussions. So that was something that Craig and I very, very much value overall is the consumer because we are also consumers. We don't want to inflict the same stuff that we hate. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it totally we're, makes we're, sense and totally on board with that. Um, so before we, uh, you know, finish up here, a little fun question. Other than Cthulhu Age of Madness, what is a game, video or tabletop, that you recommend? Craig, you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's really hard to pull out one. To be perfectly honest, I'm way more of a role-playing game guy than I am a board game guy. All right, like I'm looking at my wall, I'm seeing my three shelves of Vampire the Masquerade, my six shelves of Dungeons and Dragons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, um, my my favorite old-school role-playing games are Paranoia, Chill, Car Wars, um, a more current game my wife and i like to play uh the board game uh dragonwood which is a combination card and dice game it's uh kind of strategic kind of kind of uno like um but it's a fun little game we enjoy that Um, i'd agree with that oh you know what you know what's a great game and this is on kickstarter right now also from grinley games Savage Game of Survival. It's a it's a six, four to ten. Four yeah. four to ten works best with six to ten players. It, it's uh, I would call it a party game. It's um post apocalyptic survival. That game is okay. a lot of fun. Yeah, the interaction for the whole party it's very similar to like Werewolf or Among Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get six to ten people on there, oh, it's just chaotic at the table. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you got to find the the traitor and basically kill them uh, before they kill you kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, no, worst case scenario, at least give that a tr- uh, check out as well. Um, that looks interesting. As far as it's, video games, I'm not a big uh, modern video <laughs> game. <laughs> that is fair. Give, give me Yard's Revenge and I'm good. Yeah, there nice. You go. Oh, go. I got a copy. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, how about yourself? Um, I would probably say one of my more favorite board games to play, especially because my wife also enjoys it. Uh, it honestly be a pandemic, the, but the Cthulhu version, obviously. Um, I like the, the change in the mechanics uh, for the Cthulhu edition. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, and at least my wife is always willing to play with me uh, with that game. Um, but I would honestly say one of my more favorite video games that I'm also currently playing uh, right at this moment uh, is actually Monster Hunter. I was a huge Monster Hunter World uh, fan uh, outside of Warframe as well. I've got probably close to 5,000 hours in Warframe and probably about 3,000 in Monster Hunter World, but I picked up the the new one off of Steam and I've been enjoying that a lot because who doesn't love ridiculously sized weaponry and just beating up something that is the size of a building. So yeah, I'd honestly say I'd recommend those, especially if you're into that uh, type of thing, especially like some of the other monster hunters. It took me forever to get into it is because I'd buy a copy of the game. They're 
practically throw a weapon in my face and drop kick me off the side of a boat and said, go. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And <laughs> it really kind of turned me off from this franchise until Monster Hunter World. And they built upon that. So I've been enjoying that. Yeah. They actually took me by the hand and explained things to me. So I was like, okay, cool. Nice. Let's go kill stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so me personally, uh, I kind of err on the side of Craig here. Uh, I, I do play some board games, uh, but not as heavily as D&D and Magic the Gathering, I guess, if you want to consider it for tabletop purposes. Uh, that's usually my go-to. So I DM on the side for uh, a campaign, and we have a, another group that we have another campaign going. I think I'm in like three campaigns right now in D&D. <laughs> so um, it just kind of blows up like that. And we're trying to get Ryan in on our next one when I finish this one in a, in a couple weeks that I'm working on right now. Next time. So, uh, from a video game purpose, though, I am very heavy on the RPG side of things. Um, no surprise there. So, JRPGs, <laughs> uh, just regular action RPGs, and so on. I love the story components of video games more so than, uh, you know, like blood and gore and all of that. Like, I'm, I'm really, I don't know. I just that's something I've always enjoyed. Just like the overall like story build up until that climax <laughs> and playing 50, 60 hours of a game and just getting to that point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ryan, I don't think I've ever asked you that question. Board game and favorite video game and all that before. <laughs> We've definitely talked favorite games and stuff before. We have, but I don't know. I'm notorious for not finishing games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just kind of jump from one thing to the next. Uh, I've been kicking it on Game Pass a lot lately, doing some Power Wash Simulator and playing a secret <laughs> game that John doesn't know about. <laughs> Yeah, he I does just, have a secret game, and it's uh, it's annoying me quite a bit. Like I've, I think I'm on question four today, Ryan. Yeah, I'm supposed to ask you today. Okay, I actually I just started putting together like my first magic deck in a while, so I've been kind of you know scrimming against myself yesterday and a little bit this morning to try to work out the kinks. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that deck what? building of magic, man, it gets it gets aggressive. Like, it's expensive too. <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. Like, I was a part of the whole MTG back in the day, like when like relic decks first started kicking off. Like, it was just ridiculous. And then expansion after expansion, I kind of dropped out, and I was just like, I can't afford this. I'm too young for this. I'd have to <laughs> like live on the streets and make a cardboard box out of cardboard cards. Right. <laughs> Just All the extra lands and commons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got too much mana. I'm going to make a house now. Uh, you know, with the amount of basic land people accumulate over the years, you probably could. <laughs> you were not wrong. mansion. Yeah, there we go. I got enough of my house here that I could probably do it. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, guys, uh, thanks for hopping on. Um, we're... Happy to have you on uh, this week's episode. And um, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, absolutely. Um, you can find us on Kickstarter, uh, Cthulhu Age of Madness. Quick, it's easy. We are all also on the social medias, primarily Facebook. Uh, more, more than likely, that's actually the best way to do it. Um, but we are on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, but Strange Aeon you... Games on Facebook. Uh, bit.ly slash the madness is here will take you to the Kickstarter. Uh, we are on Instagram, I believe we're Strange Aeon Games. Uh, we have a Facebook group, uh, 
the order of uh, Strange Aeon Games, Order of Madness. That's where we're most active is on Facebook. Yeah. And if you want to catch us in the flesh, uh, nine times out of ten, Wednesday nights at the Silver Key Lounge off of Guadalupe and Dobson. Um, Huge tabletop gaming bar. They do have a store. He does support Kickstarters in general, uh, but he does also have private rooms for D&D sessions, Call of Cthulhu campaigns, stuff like that. A lot of fun. I... Worst case scenario, at least go and check them out for an evening with the friends. Uh, the sheer chicanery that happens. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll also that's... be at uh, uh, Tucson Comic Con, Rincon, uh, the begin, uh, first weekend in September. Yeah. Um, we'll also be at, uh, we don't have an official presence, but we will be in the gaming area at uh, Maricopa Con. Um, so you can play with us at any of those events. And like Mike said, Silver Key Lounge Wednesday nights. And we also on, uh, oh, what is the date on that, Mike? Do you remember? 27th, maybe? Tucson Comic Con? No, our big Silver Key Lounge event. Oh, hang on one sec. Uh, for that one, it would have been the weekend before the 3rd. So the 27th, September uh, Saturday, 27th, the 27th. Uh, 2, to, 2 to 7 p.m. We'll be have a big event at Silver Key Lounge. You can come play get promos we might even be doing a giveaway awesome nice good stuff um well we appreciate having you guys on uh it's been a good time chatting with you and uh we're looking forward to this game coming out and getting the expansion i guess next year and uh cthulhu saving christmas (laughs) here's to hoping (laughs) all right well we appreciate the guys from strange aeon games for chatting with us absolutely yeah thanks so much Definitely check out our next episode. It'll be coming out next Monday. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. <laughs>